Welcome to Apostrophe Cast. This episode, we give you Scott McClanahan reading This is a Story with a Phone Number in It. Shining a bright beam of wry intelligence into the darkest corners of the down economy, Mr. McClanahan gives the people you might hang up on a voice. You will never answer a call from a telemarketer the same way again. Please enjoy Scott McClanahan. This is a story with a phone number in it. I don't know if you've ever been a telemarketer before, but I know I have. See, I used to make call after call working at this telemarketing place in Huntington, West Virginia. Hello, my name is Scott McClanahan for the West Virginia Fraternal Order of Police. Click. Hello, my name is Scott McClanahan for the Fraternal Order of Police. Click. Hello, my name is Scott McClanahan for it. Click. Hello, my name is Click. And you always had to do it in this deep voice so you could fool people into thinking you were a real state trooper and not just some punk-ass kid. And it was a strange place to work, and it was full of all these strange people. Like, I remember the first day I worked there, I sat next to this guy named Matt. And he was this older guy, probably about 45, 50 years old, and he had a family of four. He supported them on his $7 an hour. And he was just this aw, shucks guy. But once he got on the phone, he was like a madman. I remember sitting beside him as he shouted at this poor old woman, You will give, lady. My best friend was killed in the line of duty last week. You will give. Of course, we were just pretending to be police officers. She finally ended up giving $150. And he had all kinds of tricks, too, like shouting, Hey, Sarge, I'll see you out in the range in about 15 minutes. And then during the next phone call, he even started talking in this strange accent, and the person gave him $75. He looked over and said, That's why they call me the best. Then B-Dog, the manager, shouted, And tonight's top caller and winner of $100 is you-know-who, Matt. Then later that evening on our break, Matt said, Yeah, I always take the family to a nice restaurant each week on this. We always go to Wendy's on Saturday night and have a good time. And he meant this with no irony whatsoever. Wendy's was a nice restaurant to him. And so over the next couple of weeks, I tried telling people about how wonderful it was being a telemarketer. I tried telling people how strange it was to sit calling somebody all the way across the country, even though here I was in little pissant West Virginia. And when they picked up the phone, I was always taught to say their first name. This was so they'd think I was someone who knew them. So I said, Hey, Jerry. And a little girl voice said, Now, do you want to talk to him? Sure. May I ask who's calling? Scott McClanahan. And then on the other end, I heard this little girl voice say, Dad, Scott McClanahan's calling. And here I was having my name shouted a thousand miles away. And sometimes I wondered if I'd ever come across another Scott McClanahan, age 21 in another part of the country. And maybe we were the same person, but we were living different realities. And if I ever met myself, I wondered, what would he say? What would I say? Would he give me money? And these were the type of things I thought about walking home at night through the dark alleys of Huntington, even though friends told me it was a bad idea and I should walk the main road. I walked slow through the evening dark and past women standing around smoking cigarettes. Hey, one said all sexy like she knew me. Hey, I said, thinking, what a nice woman. I never had such a pretty woman dressed in sexy clothes come right out and say hi to me. Maybe she thought I was cute and made me feel good about myself. So after a couple of months of calling people, it started wearing on me. See, we had to meet quotas each week at the telemarketing place, and even though I was a top-level caller, I was running into some bad luck. Hello, my name is, click. Hello, my name is Scott McClanahan, click. And there were other things, too, like the name of the company changed every other week. Paychecks were late a week at a time, and one guy was constantly listening to police scanner. I guess if the cops were coming, they could get the massive call computers out the door and down the freight elevators before the coppers showed up. I was having such bad luck calling one night, I even told one of the managers that I was sorry. My girlfriend's mother had died the day before, and I just wasn't myself. She didn't die. I mean, I was lying now. 
I was a liar. So when I came home that night, Kim was all over me. I mean, why would you say my mom died? I know, I know, I panicked. I thought they were going to fire me. Fire you? Scott, it's a telemarketer job that pays $7 an hour. Those people are there to earn money so they can get high. I mean, they have work-release prisoners working there. Besides that, you hate it, so why don't you just quit? And I was thinking about it. I was tired of walking home through the dark and beating people out of money and them not knowing where it was going. I was tired of waving at the women in the pretty clothes and not having them wave back. So I made a plan to leave. But then the next night, my luck started changing. I mean, I started going alone before I could even get it out. They gave me $75. Hello, my name is Scott McClanahan. The caller gave me 150 Hello, my name is, and they gave me 25 So I sent out at least three or four info packets for future donations. I mean, I was in the zone. Matt even gave me a high five. Then B-Dog threw me a t-shirt because I was the top caller for the night. Hell yeah, maybe I wasn't quitting. But then it happened. The phone clicked and the info popped into my computer screen. 65 years old, white male, Georgia. He gave $30 last year. Hello, he said real quiet on the other end, and so I went through my whole spiel. I told him about the FOP. I told him thanks for his past support. I asked him if the FOP could count on him again this year. It was quiet again, and then he finally said, Well, sir, I'm sorry. I'd really like to, but I just don't know if I can. So I immediately went in my first rebuttal. Well, sir, we appreciate your past support of $30, but please realize. And then he said, No, no, I understand what you're saying. I always love to help out the troopers, but I don't know if I can. And then there was silence. Then he said, I lost my daughter three days ago in a car crash. And so I started looking through my rebuttals, but I didn't have one for a guy who lost his daughter in a car crash. So I just said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And he started talking so that I couldn't even say anything else. From what we can tell, the road was wet and she was going too fast. And then he was quiet and said, they said she lost control and wrecked. She died. And then I could hear something else. I could hear him crying on the other end. So I improvised. Well, sir, I'm sorry to hear about your loss, but maybe our $25 level would make you feel better as a donation of the FOP in your daughter's memory. And he said, but that's just the thing. I don't know. So I looked over at the manager, B-Dog, and he was running his finger across his throat in a throat slash motion, which meant, cut the phone call, cut it. So I said, quick, well, sir, why don't I just send you an info packet and you can make the decision yourself, okay? but he wouldn't have any of it. He whispered, No, don't go. Please don't go. It's good to talk to someone. I've just been stuck in this house and I'm so lonely. Please don't go. I'm so lonely. And I didn't say anything. Then I heard click. The call was cut. I looked over at Brian, the manager, and he'd cut the call himself. He walked over to me and said, I'm sorry you had one of those fucking criers. Shit, sometimes those old fuckers just talk and talk and talk for hours about how this happened to this person, how that happened to this person. And then he said how sometimes you can talk for ten minutes and they won't give you a nickel. Lonely people babbling. Then the next call started ringing to my computer and I went back to work saying, Hello, my name is Scott McClanahan. 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 And so that night I walked home passing the sexy girl in the alley who was smoking cigarettes. And for some reason, this time she didn't look pretty anymore. She looked cut up and scared, and her eyes looked like werewolf eyes. I still tried waving high at her like a big dork. I still thought it was strange you didn't say hello to people in the city when you passed them. Why is that? And the woman didn't even look at me, but just kept her head down, turned away, and shook her head like I was a werewolf too. And so I walked all the way back to my apartment watching the lights from the cars zipping down 3rd Avenue like stars. 
and so I unlocked the door and locked it behind me, and I sat down beside the telephone in my tiny apartment, hoping the phone would ring, just like hopefully somebody will call 304-252-0430 right now, and then maybe I won't be so lonely anymore. Thank you for listening. Please join us December 30th for our very special holiday episode.